Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, the bear in studio. There, the scary man. <laughs> Thanks for listening in today, being a part of the show on the podcast or on the radio, wherever you are. I've had a busy radio podcast day, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, we're doing the show today, you and I, right yep. now. Yep. And earlier today, I was on a pretty cool podcast. It's a local podcast. Uh, but a lot of people all over listen to it. Nice. What's yeah. the name of this? Can I get a amen? Can I get a amen? Yeah, you can look it up. Can I get get a amen podcast? It's great. Great show. Um, Kayla and Christy uh, do a wonderful job with it. I had a blast. They're fun. And we talked about a lot of things. So I bet you did. I think my show comes out next week and I'll talk about it. But uh, they do a great job, so look it up. Anyway, so I spent an hour and a half with them and then came over here to the studio to record. Wow, that is a busy day. Yeah. Yeah, and you were so busy that you couldn't grab lunch today. Yeah, that's true. That's how busy you are. I actually went pick up donuts for my uh, seventh graders. Really? Well, how nice of you. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about it on the show now, or at least I am. I'm bringing it up. Okay. Um, this is your last month of teaching. Yes. Yes. You're ending your term at John Paul the Great Academy. Yes. And you are, as a deacon and as a <clears throat> amazing man of God, starting as director of evangelization at your parish in St. Martinville. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's the birthplace of Cajun culture in, in our area, um, St. Martinville, Louisiana, where the Cajuns arrived on the Bayou Tesh. Now, look, this is an outskirts of Lafayette, Louisiana. So, But if you do come to Cajun country, you got to go to St. Martinville. Cause Has it's, to. It, like, how old's the church there? Well, the church parish is from like 1760-something. Think about that, you guys. Like yeah. That's like early, early history. But the church building is the third oldest church in the state, uh, 1836. Really? Still standing. Because a lot of buildings got burned or destroyed by a hurricane, but this one's still standing. Right know. in the middle of town. Right. It's it's literally in the middle of town. So cool. Yeah, and, and it really is a, a, a beautiful time in St. Martinville. It's one of those situations where God is just blessing a lot of growth, mm -hmm. and um, not only the church, but also in the city. And so, yeah, I'm very excited about serving the good people of St. Martinville even more. I've been serving there as a deacon for two years now. and Yeah, I mean, and things have grown there, and I think, you know, Father came to you and was like, hey, I need you. We got to do more. And so, um, you know, your term at JPG was good, but like now it's time for the next thing. And I'm mm -hmm. excited to see what happens. Me too. Bring it. I'm ready for the kingdom of God uh, to just take over the city. Let's do it. And of course you, it you'll have did, a little bit but... more. You won't be in a classroom all the time. So I think what I'm most excited about mm -hmm. is that you and I, you have a little bit more flexible schedule. Oh, we, yeah. can, we can hang out more. We can hang out more. Yeah. What, do you, what do you want to start like playing racquetball or? Well, we can hang out more, but we can also do kingdom work. That's what I'm talking about. You know, kingdom building. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, kingdom building. Yeah, I you know, know you're in, you're into that too. The kingdom building. Uh, some yeah, like some yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah. So it's kind of what I do. Let's do it. Yeah. So anyway, it's great. I'm excited, man. Um, okay, here's what I'm excited about. Actually, I beat you to the punch today. What? Yep. You're usually in the studio before me. Doing all your research, looking things up, and you're struggling today. I don't know if you yeah, couldn't have coffee. Find, yeah. So I actually have a have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. Okay. Um, have you seen this, Adam? Probably not. Okay. 
So I was reading the news and I found this interesting. I don't know why it caught my attention, uh, but a woman uh, was traveling in the outback of Australia. Mm. She ended up in a dead end in the middle of nowhere, tried to turn around. Her car got stuck in the bush, right? So she was stranded in the middle of nowhere and uh, was too far to walk anywhere. Like it was in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, um, so she's a 48-year-old woman, which I can relate to. Not the mm-hmm. fact that she's a woman, but around that age, I think I can relate. <laughs> <clears throat> Not giving it away, but uh, so anyway, she gets stuck and uh, in mid mid bushland. mid mid bushland. mid mid bushland. <laughs> a stretch of dense uh, forest in southeastern state of Victoria, Australia. Wow. Yes. Sounds like a problem. It was a problem. No cell service. Of course. Uh, so she's unable to call for help. Couldn't walk that far. The only thing that she had in her car, she was stranded, guess what, five days. Cool. Yeah. There's actually an aerial imagery of the helicopter come and save her and uh, her waving and stuff. But five days, she survived on, guess what? Kangaroo? No. That's a good <laughs> guess, though. Yeah. That, yeah. That's she, she slept in the in the pouch of a kangaroo. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Uh, candy and wine for five days. Wow. Yeah. You sure she didn't do this on purpose? That sounds like sounds like that was planned. Well, the only thing she had was a bottle of wine and a bag of candy that she was bringing to her mother. Huh. And she actually doesn't drink, but she started. Yeah. She'll so, probably still drink after all that. Because it's all she had, you know? That's amazing. So she survived on, like, chocolate candy, you think? I don't know. Yeah, just like licorice, like licorice. Type candy. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, um, and wine. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah. So if you could only have two items and you're stranded for five days to survive on, what would you have? Chips and salsa. Is that one thing or two? Like, is chips and salsa two it's things? One thing. Okay, you're determining <laughs> that it's one thing. I mean, chip salsa. Chip salsa. Okay. And. Uh, Chocolate milk. Wow. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> Those things mixed together, you're gonna you're gonna, you're definitely gonna be in the outback. <laughs> I mean, seriously. What? what about you? This deacon survived on chocolate milk and <laughs> chips and salsa for five days. My kids would totally they would have said the same thing. What does dad want? He would have chips and salsa and maybe that's pretty good yeah. that that would describe your life in like one <laughs> totally yeah yeah you know it's interesting wine you know um i think i would have um let's see two items that i could survive on well adam i would say gatorade that's a good one very practical mm-hmm. but if i had to be more myself coffee mm-hmm. and um bananas Bananas. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. Bananas have sugar and carbs that keep you alive. Potassium or something like that. Yeah, all that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Jesus' first miracle was water to wine. That's you know, true. this woman survived on wine, wine alone. Yeah, I probably should have said water. Right. Now that I think about it. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. And then like a ribeye. But it's five days. <laughs> right. You know, I think chocolate milk. So chocolate milk has, actually has a lot of calories. That's what I figured. So it'd keep you alive. And then the sugar from the chocolate. It would keep you nice and plump for the bears to eat you, basically. <laughs> the kangaroos to the kangaroos. eat me alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's quite a, an ordeal. 
I wonder, you know, like in the spiritual life, I'm just kind of thinking about how this might apply to something with the faith, but I can relate to this. But in the spiritual life, I mean, we have these times of like desolation, consolation, um, and uh, our Lord will make it seem like we're surviving on like bananas mm. and Gatorade <laughs> for a while, right? but we get strong. And, um, but it's not pleasant at the time. And, uh, you know, I guess recently I've, I've seen, well, over the years, particularly recently, that's often followed by a time of the helicopter come and pick you up and like giving you lots of food and a warm blanket or whatever you need. Um, the Lord never leaves us in that desolate place, but he might leave us for a while, but there's a reason there's some strength being built up and, uh, Food tastes a little sweeter after that, I guess. You know, like God's will is going to taste sweeter um, because we desired it and we hungered for it. Uh, and the Lord always shows up. He's always coming in the helicopter. It's just, it's just went. Yeah, you know, the, it actually reminded me of, and I think there's a big misunderstanding with a lot of people or a lack of understanding uh, of grace. Like, what is grace? Like, what, and how does grace work in our life? Like, the grace, you know, God's presence. You know, the story kind of actually kind of reminded me of like she didn't drink and eat candy, but that's what that's what allowed her to survive. Literally, like her life was saved, hmm. right, by these items that she didn't even eat or think that would uh, come in handy for her. You know, for mm-hmm. lack of better words, and <clears throat> grace is this undeserving gift of God, God's presence, and it is comes in ways that we don't think or know or even um, believe in a sense of like how it would work, God's presence in our life, you know? And literally like we're, we're, we're like God's grace is available to all of us at all times, but it doesn't necessarily come in the ways that we want in a sense of like, you know, I want this to happen and, and I want all these things to be a part of my life. God knows exactly what we need. What she needed was just wine and candy to survive. <laughs> right? Apparently. And yeah. what God, what we think we need and what God knows we need is sometimes different. Often. Right? And yeah. so we might look at the wine and candy and be like, I'm not consuming that. That's I don't drink. I don't eat candy. Like, I'm not doing that. But when we're desperate and we need to survive, we will drink and eat anything to survive. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think our greatest meeting place of God's grace is in our greatest need. Yeah. Where are we starving and hungry? Where are we lost and confused? Like where are we abandoned and at a dead end, you know? And that's when we're most in touch and in need of God's grace to come in to our life. Father Luigi Giussani, oh, Italian priest. Who's oh, really? That's Italian. Died in, yeah. I mean, I'm not Italian. Luigi Giussani, and I could have figured that one out. <laughs> not Australian. Okay, he was not a kangaroo. Died in 2005, and uh, is he a saint? No, but his cause has been open. He's it venerable. Has. Is he? Yes, or servant of God. Servant of God. It's not quite venerable. They're still working on his. Um, so what did virtues? What thing. did Luigi have to say? Well, I remember him talking about exactly what you just said. Where he said one way you can define the human heart is need. Yep. So I like that. And the the reason he said that was, um, you know, we all have the same nature. Hmm. We all need the same things. 
in general, right? We need God. Right. We need uh, love. We need um, justice. And, you know, we, we all have the same needs. But my particular heart has those needs fulfilled in a particular way mm-hmm. or unfulfilled in a particular way. But the important thing is to be aware of the need and to know my own heart so that where I lack, I can pursue with faith and Amen. hope and love in God. But where I have what I need and I know how full my heart is, I can be grateful and see the gift that God has given me in the moment. And this is the way we rejoice in our heart, but then we also have a heart that longs to be fulfilled. But both in the the having and longing is an awareness of the need that the heart has for God and the utter dependence we have on him. That's what I was saying. Exactly. Remind you just me of said what Father I was Luigi saying. Giusani. I mean, we're saying the same things. Yeah. Just in different. He's just Italian. He's just Italian. Like that's where, that's the greatest meeting place. I think mm-hmm. for well, God. Cause it's the human us, heart is a, yeah. the human heart, but it's getting in touch with our needs. I think the difficulty, at least in the Western culture is that we have so many things at our fingertips. We often don't need stuff, you know, right. like we have clothes and food and a phone and a vehicle and a home. You know, we're, we're not always this desperate materially. Uh, <clears throat> so we have to dig deeper into our heart's desire. What is it I need? What am I lacking? Where are my faults and failures and sins? And that's okay. Like we should do an examination of that every day mm-hmm. because God wants to and does meet us in that greatest place of need. This woman's stranded and and yet she survived by things she never thought. Like in her need, she was willing to eat uh, what would sustain her at the same time. You know what Luigi reminds me of? Mm. That time that you had this great idea. Mm-hmm. To move to Italy. <laughs> you remember that? I do remember that. Like you were going to, well, you were thinking about not going to. Thinking we, about it. You I, were thinking about moving your whole family to I needed Italy to learn Italian. To learn Italian and to study for your doctorate or something. I Correct. Remember. To get into a doctoral program, I needed to learn Italian. And there was some people I could we could stay with for several months. Yeah. So I was like, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, like Northern Italy, near yeah. Lake Cuomo, yeah. which is. Uh, yeah. You were just going to load up the the clan that's right yeah that was part of it well yeah it did, that didn't happen but um not, i didn't need it not one of your best ideas well i mean it was i mean you've had some good ideas but that yeah. was, that was <laughs> it would have been fun um but i didn't need it but you know the you mentioned how we don't know what we need in our culture it reminds me of how little we use that word need like a lot of times it's want mm. what do you want to do today um Hey, you want some chips and salsa? What do you want to eat? You want some chocolate milk? It is kind of sad. You know, this idea of, of really not even talking about need yeah. often. Right. Um, and that we, we equate need with things we don't have. But the happiest people I've met, like the happiest husbands I've met or, or wives, um, speak about how they need their spouse or like they, but they have them. Because right? need is a, a sign of vulnerability. Right, dependence. Right? It's yeah. a sign of dependence and surrender. And a lot of times we think that that's a sign of weakness, but mm-hmm. actually need is a sign of strength because we're we're allowing someone else in to our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And with God, like to recognize our need, yes, it's vulnerable. We surrender, but we find great strength in his grace. God's presence is in that need, mm-hmm. you know? And if not, we'll go searching. So this woman, like, you know, she could have walked through the bush and got lost and died. 
So, but what she decided to do is to stay put and to survive on what she had. And that saved her life. Yeah. She didn't go searching for a kangaroo to eat, which you would have done, <laughs> apparently. Or to eat me. <clears throat> yeah. Man-eating kangaroos. Yeah. Yeah, the carnivores. That, uh... <laughs> well, in that episode of my life you're describing was one where I was discerning a need. I had this need in me in prayer and in, um, you know, it was very loud but unclear that I needed something and I needed to make a, a gift of myself to God in some new way. And we thought about all the things that could be foreign mission work, uh, continuing further studies, moving to Italy for a few months. Ended up being clarified as I was walking down the path, but like staying put, as you said, it like remaining and sitting in the need for a bit. Right. And letting God continue to clarify the need mm-hmm. and not, not, um, disregarding it, not running from it, not hiding from it by running away to something else. Anyway, that that's what became the diaconate eventually. I mean, the answer to that prayer and that need and that movement turned out to be a, a vocation to the diaconate. Um, so the journey was one where I had to abide in the need and just uh, keep trying to figure it out. You know, like, will chocolate keep me alive? Will wine keep me alive? Like, Lord, what do you, what do you have for me in this car in the middle of the wilderness? You know? Yeah, our next show, I'm bringing chips and salsa and chocolate milk. Man, well, I'm bringing Gatorade and... Uh, I really don't like Gatorade, by the okay. way. Okay. I was just thinking coffee. Of, I was just thinking of survival, but then I said coffee. You and, want some of my chocolate milk? And bananas. You know, I'll bring bananas. Milk. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less? Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk. Thanks for listening in on the podcast, wherever you are. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show, or if you're local here in Acadiana, KLFT Radio, Adam Conk lives in the Cajun capital of the world, St. Martinville. Yeah, come say hi. Yeah, just, I mean, you literally probably could, it's a small town. Yeah. Like, what's the population? I think 6,000-ish. Is it that big? Yeah. I mean, that's like people who live outside the city. No, it's a city. Really? 6,000. No. You think that's big? I don't believe you. I mean, Caracro is like 10. But you could walk down Main Street, yell your name, and you would probably... Yeah, if someone, if someone's listening, wants to do this, they can drive right now. Just take it, go to, find the church, St. Martin de Tours Church, Middletown. Just start yelling, Deacon Bear, and really you would, loud. Yeah, eventually. I mean, it might take you a little while. Bring some wine and some candy, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> but eventually I'll find you. Yeah. You know, it's... I think you should do it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you live right in the middle of town, and the right church in the is right in the middle of town, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss that small town. You know, I grew up in a small town. Martinsville? You know? Yeah. Smaller than St. Martinville. Less than 6,000? Yes. Yes. Wow. So, anyway, um, thanks for being a part of the show, listening in. You know, it's interesting. We've kind of been in these Gospels Sundays, which has been kind of cool, 
But John 14, the vine and the branches, mm-hmm. Jesus talks a lot about remaining in him, you know, and abiding, like staying close to him. And, you know, we we're talking about God's grace in the first segment, mm-hmm. right? Like just, and what is grace? Like, what is God's grace? Like it's God's grace. When we talk about grace, like it's grace is God's presence. Grace is God. Gra- grace is um, the Holy Spirit in our life. Grace is the presence of Jesus in our life. Like grace is, but grace is free. It's given to us freely as a gift of God for God to be with us all times. And so how do you remain and abide in Jesus? Not on our own, right? Through God's grace. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole reason we have the Holy Spirit. Um, the Trinity, you know, the Father dwells in the Son, the, swell, the Son dwells in the Father. They are with each other. And our Lord says this in the Gospel of John, as we've heard in the Mass readings, to remain in Him as He remains in the Father. Mm. And so this being in each other, this remaining in each other, um, happens by the power of the Holy Spirit, even for them. You know, the Father remains with His Son by pouring out His life into Him and the Holy Spirit, and the Son receiving that life remains with the Father in this eternal act of gratitude, pouring His life back into the Father. And this is what it means for us as well, to remain in Jesus according to this divine image of the Trinity, this divine... um, this divine, what's the word I'm looking for? This divine inspiration. <laughs> inspiration. This divine, I don't know. This this model. There it is. Divine model of uh, of how to remain. I mean, as humans, we remain very poorly. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, as humans, yeah, we don't remain well. No, it's not good. That's why he uses this analogy of the vine and the branches. Yeah, we want to be the leader. We want to be the vine. Yeah, right. But Jesus asks us to be the branch, right, and to stay connected to Him. He says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth, right? Yep. So the Holy Spirit um, will keep us connected, God's grace, God's Spirit living uh, inside us, because he remains with you and will be with you all the time. So, And he goes, I will not leave you orphaned, abandoned. I will come to you in a little while. You will be um, <clears throat> no longer see me. But, you know, he's talking about leaving in body form, but he's going to send his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to keep us connected to him, to the Father, through God's grace. In our need, we stay connected. We're we're meshed together with the divine. You know, that's where we that's where we grow. So, well, and we don't know how to pray as we ought, as Saint Paul tells us. In our limited human capacity and nature, we're so poor at remaining. We're so poor at keeping our attention focused on anything for more than five seconds. Like we're our love is fickle, our, like on our own without God, without grace. We're just not great at it. But the Holy Spirit comes to our aid because he groans within us to the Father. He is what connects us to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. Yep. Right? So it's not my own abilities, my own, you know, willing it, but by inviting the Holy Spirit into my life and, and letting him have his way with me, letting him do in me what he wants— he is what attaches me to Jesus. Yeah. Talk about this in my book. I've heard um, a friend who's a priest talk about this, and I kind of wrote about it in one of the chapters. But what's easier? It's not a trick question, but it is a question. What's easier, <laughs> to fall in love or mm. to stay in love? Mm. Right? So fall in love is fairly easy. We can fall in and out of love. You know, you, I mean, you can fall in love with multiple people over the course of your life, 
you know, and really love them, you know, and, mm. and you can have fraternal love and all sorts of love, but you know, you can also fall out of love. Like there could be obstacles to that love. So what's harder, I'm answering the question for you, but to fall in love or to stay in love, right? To stay, to Staying remain. Staying in love is more difficult, right? Because it takes work. It takes commitment. It takes grace. It takes remaining, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is asking us to stay in love with him. And that's not easy, but he doesn't leave us like he's saying in the gospel this week. When you when you hear it, read it this Sunday, he's not leaving us orphaned, he said. He's not leaving us abandoned. So to stay in love is not us just doing all the work. The Lord gives us the grace to stay in love, uh, that in our vocation and in our relationship with him. But I don't know, man. I talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people don't want to do the hard work face the hard things, overcome the obstacles, have the tough conversations, deal with the the healing that they need, and so they give up. Well, the only way to have the Holy Spirit, it's it's a mutual breath. The Holy Spirit is the mutual breath between the Father and the Son, and it's just it's just the same way with us. The Holy Spirit is not magic, it's not hocus pocus, it's not forced upon us either. The Holy Spirit of God is a mutual breath that God breathes into us, but then we breathe back Hmm. as his sons and daughters by giving our life back to him. And then that shared breath of giving life, Father pours life into us, and we pour our life back into the Father. There's no other way to get the Holy Spirit. and uh, No other way. (laughs) This is what our Lord taught us on the cross. When he gave his Spirit to the Father, uh, obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Talk about horrid things. There's no harder thing any human ever did than Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And in that act, what is the hard thing? He was obedient even unto death. And so when we refuse the cross in our life, we're refusing the Holy Spirit. We're grieving the Holy Spirit. We're not giving back to the Father what he gave to us. We're not sharing the mutual breath of Father and Son. Huh. We're not being sons and daughters of God, but we're rather just being what our Lord calls sons of the enemy, right? Like we're we're doing the works of a different father. The works of the Father in heaven is obedience, his children at least. And um, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, the the motivation to do the hard thing is not just a self-motivation of getting to the next level in my life. It's the, it's the call of the cross. It's the vocation of crucifixion. It's the, it's the moving forward on the path, the journey of, of the cross with our Lord. Mm-hmm. to his resurrection. Yep. And so to say no to that is, this is why he says, and you can't even be my disciple unless you're going to pick up that cross every day. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is only available to those who pick up the cross. Amen, dude. Preach it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have a weird Catholic stuff. What? Yep. That's so weird. You're weird. Why are you saying that weird thing? Yep. I can't believe Catholics are so weird. Put that kangaroo back in the car. Weird Catholic stuff. You are so strange. <laughs> and this is why I love you. I mean, you know, fraternal brotherly. I'm love. only revealing like a fraction of my strangeness because we're on air. Right. Just so we're all clear. Yeah. Look, one, the dream for the show one day is to just also film it. So it's video. Like people can, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it's just important. <laughs> For people to see you, because you make you really do make the show. Oh gosh! And your weirdness is just so good. Okay, 
so the weird Catholic stuff, um, and it's good Catholic stuff. It's crazy though, like the things that you know are out there. They're true. Uh, this week we celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Fatima, Portugal, where Mary appeared in 1917 to three Portuguese children: Francisco, Jacinta, and Marta. Marta, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fr- Jacinto, Marta, and their uh, sorry, their cousin Lucia. Uh, De Santos. So anyway, um, World Youth Day this year with the Pope is in Portugal, uh, which is cool. Anyway, 1917, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mary herself, appears to um, these three children. Yeah, and kind of changed the world. Um, Fatima, in the apparition there, um, being that it was a time where we have cameras and things like that. It, I mean, you can look it up yourself. There's pictures of all these people gathered uh, where Our Lady was appearing to these children, and hundreds of people saw the, oh, wait, is it thousands? Thousands of people saw the sun dance in the sky, this big miracle that Our Lady promised she would mm-hmm. give, yep. uh, which happened on October 13th. So she appeared on the 13th of every month from May to October um, now I have a special connection to this feast day because my son Joseph mm-hmm. was born on May 13th, Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, 1917 was when she appeared, so 2017 was when Joseph was born. On that day, and it was on that day that Pope Francis was canonizing the uh, two saints, so Francesco was one of them, Francis. So I named my kid Joseph Francis. So here's what's crazy. So my oldest daughter, Marie, who's getting married in yeah. a month, yeah. was born on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. You're kidding. They have the same birthday? May 13th. That is amazing. Yep. She was born in 2000. She we, was a Y2K baby. We just discovered this. A yeah. shared child Well, you have nine kids. I have five. So like, you know. Odds are pretty good. One of them, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she, that's, that's her feast day. And then my fifth child, Addie's middle name is Lucia, after nice. Lucia de Santos, right? So, yeah. who I don't know if she's a canonized saint yet. She died in um, two thousand and three, I believe. I could be getting that wrong. So, I mean, she passed away relatively recently. Her cause has been open. I think she's beatified. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what you know, what's weird about this, like we call it weird Catholic stuff, is that. Um, you know, the Blessed Virgin Mary appears, which is crazy to even think about. It's a mm-hmm. miracle, so it's weird, you know, because it's a miracle. And mm-hmm. all miracles are weird because it's, like, crazy. When we use the word weird, it's, like, like outrageous. Like, yeah. this is hard to believe. Not normal. Not normal, which is crazy, That which mm-hmm. is why they call it a miracle. Now, for an apparition to get approved, like, this goes through a whole process. It's just like some random person's like, I saw a Mary in the sky. Like, this goes through a whole process, mm-hmm. and the church has approved Fatima as an official you know, recognized apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? So the feast is May 13th, which is this week. Okay, all this weird stuff, weird crazy, thousands and thousands of miracles, even still today from the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, right? Conversions, miracles uh, to the Lord, to the church. Um, It's been crazy. But we were talking, you know, before the segment, even weirder is that Mary gave the uh, visionaries, is that what you would say? Yeah. Um, three secrets. And they're these three secrets of Fatima. 
I don't know why they call them secrets. Do you? Well, because she said not to tell anybody. That, that's Ooh. what was weird about it. So really... why wouldn't she? Why would she say? Was there a certain time that they were to reveal those secrets? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, until after they happened, because they were predictions uh, about the future. Gotcha. And well, at least the that's second, the second and third were. The first was the vision of hell that the uh, children had, and Our Lady says that um, sins of the flesh are sending more people there than any other sin. And to pray for the conversion of sinners, particularly those with sins of the flesh. Um, but that is a really weird thing about this apparition is, or these secrets. I mean, Our Lady says, hey, look, I'm going to tell you some prophecies about the future. So not only she Don't appeared and was recognized and there were miracles, but then she gave the visionaries secrets about the future, which actually came to fruition? Yeah. Yeah, the second secret... What uh, was the first one? Well, the vision of hell that she gave okay. the, the kids. Um, okay. It was only for a second, but the kids said that it was completely unbearable. Um, and so, by the way, Catholics around the world who pray, you may not even realize this, but you pray that prayer at the end of each decade of the rosary, Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Sin, That's from Our Lady of Fatima. Okay. And this vision of hell the children had, okay. right, to write a prayer that um, we want to save as many souls from this hell, this torment no. that they saw. So that came from Fatima. Yeah, it's the Fatima prayer. Now, um, wasn't the second secret around the world wars? Yes. So World War One was going on during this apparition in 1917. Okay. But, uh, and it was, you know, they called it the Great War, the war to end all wars, because um, it was horrible, and it was. But Our Lady gave the children a secret that they would it would end, but there would be another world war after that. Mm. Um, and even under... She even predicted when it would be under Pope Pius XI. Wow. Which uh, he was not reigning at the time. Unless people stopped offending God and Russia converted. And so the Virgin asked that Russia be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart. Um, now, there's still argument in today's church about whether that was ever done. It was, particularly recently, it was done again by, uh, by Pope Francis. Russia has been consecrated to the Immaculate Heart. Praise God. However, um, World War II did happen and uh, broke out during the reign of Pope Pius XI. Yeah. And it was revealed after that 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 was one of the secrets. It's a horrible, horrible war, and she foretold about it. And then the, the third secret actually came true as well. Yes, and that involves uh, your boy, Pope John Paul II. That is my boy. He's your boy. My, he's my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. Your Paul, he's John Paul. Yeah. He's got one more name than you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... They had this vision. Our Lady gave them this vision on the 13th of July. So again, 13th of every month, she she appeared to them. and uh, Which the church had these secrets and then didn't release them until after they happened, right? Right. So like they, were, they knew the secret about, what was the third one? I'm going to give it away. Well, they had this vision that Our Lady gave of a man dressed in white, who so, we now see as the Pope. It's like papal assassination? Being shot and killed. Really? Mm-hmm. And then John Paul II was shot. Well, in 1981, on, uh, believe it or not, um, May 13th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. On the actual date, May 13th, 1981. Right. Now, when the vision happened, it was July 13th. That's why I pointed that out. Right. But the apparition started on May 13th, which became the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Yes. Subsequently. So by the time 1981 came along, came along um, May 13th was the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, and 
someone shot Pope John Paul II on that actual day. Mm -hmm. And uh, the bullet was just. You can't make this stuff up. It was just uh, less than an inch from his heart and would have killed him. But he had a vision when it happened. Pope John Paul II revealed later he had a vision when it happened of Our Lady literally guiding the bullet. Wow. And um, and spared him. And so now this caused people to say, well, maybe this wasn't it. Because in the, in the secret, the Pope dies and Pope John Paul II didn't die. However, Pope Benedict XVI, when he published this secret in... in um, and uh, well, he he declared, yes, this was it. This was what Our Lady was saying, and this is what happened. Hmm. And Pope John Paul II was spared. Um, but uh, let's see here. The secret was not released until 2000 to the world. Gotcha. So it was long after 1981. So we didn't hear about this secret. Until then, but it happened on July thirteenth, nineteen seventeen. It was written down and kept secret. That's crazy. Till then, yeah, because you wouldn't want to reveal those and and freak people out. Mm-hmm. But it must have been crazy for the Vatican archives or the people to know and then see it happen and then be like, "Holy smokes, that actually happened!" You know, like yeah. And for it to happen on the actual feast day, like it yeah, wasn't like not an accident. The assassin the person who was assassinating the attempt assassinating like planned it that day like oh i'm gonna plan it on the feast of our lady of fatima mm-hmm. you know yeah well so apparently the secrets were placed in an envelope by the children uh it kept private until 1960 when it was turned into the church uh by lucia mm-hmm. um but then the vatican kept them all uh putting them out one at a time but the third was the last to be published 2000 and uh yeah i mean here's the thing about these events as weird as that is and as crazy as that is uh i'm always impressed by like the way we hear about things like that and then just kind of move on like oh that's nice let's get back to watching netflix and not caring about it but like sometimes right um sharing this message of fatima does get through the noise of people's uh busy crazy lives Hmm. and touch the heart this is you mentioned conversions from our lady of fatima well it's not just the miracle and the message, but it's literally the prayers every day throughout the world, praying the Fatima prayer, the rosary. There's so much grace for the conversion of sinners through the message of Our Lady of Fatima. So it's not only this incredible message and this weird thing that happened, but it's all the grace that's being built up daily behind this message that literally changes lives. So if we share the message of Fatima this Saturday with one person, two people, um, Watch what Our Lady might do, because there's so much grace in her her uh, love for us and her closeness to us through this title of Our Lady of Fatima. Hmm. Man, that's crazy. It's wild. Okay. I got to soak that all in. Okay, we'll <laughs> take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 
back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Paul George, Deacon Bear. Hey, happy Easter, Paul. Really? Still Easter. How long until Pentecost? Oh, goodness. Is it coming up? Well, this coming Sunday is the sixth week of Easter, so then you have Ascension Sunday. So two weeks? Mm-hmm. Two weeks till Pentecost? Really? Yeah, man. Almost Novena time. Come on. I love that Pentecost Novena. Really? It never failed okay, me once. when do we start it? Ooh. Uh, Nine s- days before Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah. Because it's a novena. And Good. novena means nine. Good job. And so yeah. I'm going to go nine days before Pentecost. <laughs> and so. Which is coming up. Yeah, the Saturday. Wait, let me count because I don't okay. want to miss it. All right. I'm, I'm perfect at missing opportunities like this. Yeah, you are. Okay, what day is what day is Pentecost, everyone, so that we get this down? This year? I don't mm-hmm. know this year. Uh, let's see. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Two Wendy. weeks from this Sunday. Oh, it's two weeks from this Sunday. So the 28th of May. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so then I need to start the novena when? When do we need to start it? Well, you want to end the day before Pentecost. You do. The last prayer. Not, not the day of. <sighs> yeah, there's some controversy about that with novenas. But yeah, you, you do want to end the day before. So you want to start it Friday the 19th, everyone. Mm-hmm. Pentecost novena? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, so everyone who is listening, we're going to pray the Pentecost Novena starting May 19th, nine days before the day before Pentecost. That's right. So we'll end on the 27th. And there's lots of ones you could find if you Google it. Uh, I just want to recommend, I don't usually do this. Uh, you should do this. But I want to recommend... Uh, As the deacon of the show. <laughs> the one that EWTN has. Yeah. For this reason. Each day, they um, well, there's there's a prayer you pray every day mm-hmm. for the Holy Spirit. Okay. But then each day, there's particular prayers for the seven gifts. Yep. I know that doesn't add up. Seven is not nine. But for the first two days, you're not praying for the gifts. Okay, so you get the <laughs> gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit by name. I like that. And so uh, that you know that's something I've done for years. I'm so grateful for. Um, they didn't write that. They just, it's just there. So if you Google EWTN Novena to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, you'll find it, and each gift needs to be asked for. And one not, of the not gift, gifts, gifts, yeah. gifts. Yeah, yeah, gifts. We don't need that. Right, but gifts. Actually, a gift of the Holy Spirit would be nice. But um, <laughs> a meme of the Holy yeah. Spirit. Okay, so we're gonna start that. This is good. I'm glad you brought it up. I know you were intending to. Yes. Well, it's the original novena. The nine days between Ascension and Pentecost. This is the original novena. That's that's where we get novenas from. There's nine days between those days. Between what? The Ascension, which is normally on a Thursday. Okay. But we move it to a Sunday because in the U.S. we do things like that. Okay. But that's why you said start on the Friday. Exactly. So it's the Friday uh-huh. through the next Saturday between Ascension and Pentecost. And that, that's the original nine days that the apostles spent in prayer, praying for the Holy Spirit to come like our Lord said to do. The church is always intentional like this. Mm-hmm. This is what I love. And then we started having other novenas. And see, the thing is, is that I know all this and then I forget it all. Yes. Like that's I, what we do. We're humans. Like, I, I'm just like, oh, yeah, of course. Right. Of course. So the, we celebrate the Ascension Sunday on the 21st. Yes. Okay. The Sunday before the 28th, Pentecost. Right. Okay. But the 
original day of the Ascension is the Thursday, which makes sense of the Novena. Which is when Jesus ascended. He did. He flew up to heaven, which is a crazy mystery. You know, when I was ordained uh, almost three years ago, it was on Ascension weekend or Ascension Sunday, and I had to give my first homily on the Ascension. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I've learned as a deacon, some of these mysteries, there's just so much to say about them that, like, I don't know what to say. So this was one of those cases for my first homily. You were there. You were at my first Mass that I served. Yes, you were. Where was that? Cathedral. At the cathedral. Okay, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. But it was Ascension Sunday. and uh, That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't remember, like, the Mass at all. I wrote the homily. It's the only homily I've ever written out, just because I knew my mind would be so not able to focus. Um, it's kind of like on a wedding. Like, my wedding day was like that. Like, I yeah. was just kind of right. not present. I don't know. No, you got a lot on your mind. Yeah. So I wrote the whole thing out. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, Ascension's a, a crazy mystery. And then we pray for the Holy Spirit. And I just want to remind folks, our Lord promised that the Father would answer yes every time we ask for the Holy Spirit. You'll never get a no response to that prayer. So when we ask for the Holy Spirit at, uh, with this novena, the answer is definitely will be yes. Hmm. And God moves in big ways with the Pentecost novena. We need the Holy Spirit. We're talking about grace, the Holy Spirit, so we need it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do a quick six-pack of questions. Question. Quick pack. Quick pack. Quick pack. Um, all right, so we started uh, the show talking about the woman, I forget her name now, but she survived in the Australian wilderness mm-hmm. with wine and candy. So my question to you is, have you ever been stranded in any way similar to that? Or like stuck in a way that you couldn't, you didn't, you weren't sure how to actually get out of the situation? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think back. The feeling of feeling lost. I think I f- have a feeling of feeling lost all the time. Hmm. I don't know where I'm going. Wow. But that's, that's neither here nor deep, there. Man. Yeah. That's like a whole nother show right there. <laughs> um, I've, no, I don't. No, not stranded for five days. No, not five days, but maybe like an hour. Two hours? Like, oh, no. Stuck in the wilderness? Yeah. Well, you know, before the days of cell phones, which I, I lived in, and mm-hmm. internet, which I lived in, and uh, <clears throat> for a long part of my life, like half my life, right? Mm-hmm. A long, long part of my life, you know, I, I got stuck on the side of the road. The, the feeling of, like, walking on a dark road looking for a payphone or a gas station. Yeah, that's rough. We were talking about the other day. Gretchen was like, what do we do? I was like, yeah, I mean, there were no phones. You couldn't call people or, like, you know, nothing. Yeah. Like you had to walk or hitchhike. You, and if you were dead on the side of the road, it might have been a week before they realized. That's right. <laughs> like there was nothing. So that feeling alone is like really weird. Yeah, it is. So her cell phone died. And so she kind of went back to the olden days. The olden days. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Uh, we we're talking about kingdom building, like specifically in St. Martinville. Yeah. Um, and uh, you said that's what you're about. You you told me recently how many retreats that Renew has been doing, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I want I want to hear about this kingdom building going on with these Renew retreats. Yeah, just go to renewbyretreat.com. Anyway, we do these marriage retreats, men's and women's retreats, and we're growing those and doing some other ministry, you know, all that stuff. But the retreats are really amazing. We were in North Carolina last week. And uh, God is so good, man, just really wanting to, like, him in marriages. It's great. 
It's awesome. Yeah. And how many have y'all done this year? Well, we're going to do, um, you know, probably, yeah, 20 to 25 retreats. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Praise man. God. It's a lot of kingdom building. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff happening. In awesome. Life. But, I mean, we got to do it, man. You got to do it. Yeah. All right, question number three. Uh, we talked about how poorly we can abide sometimes and we need God's power and God's grace. Um, I'm just going to guess that you've grown in that ability in your life to abide. I think I've grown to just like give up. Well, that's my question is what, what tricks of the trade have surrender. you Surrender. I can't do this. I give up. <laughs> How often do you surrender? Every day. <laughs> so you moment wake up. by moment. So you wake up and you just say, this isn't going to work. This I'm done. Is just, if I do anything <laughs> on my own today, it's going to go it's south. Done. <laughs> so there it is. My secret to success. Man, we should get like a... Well, this is why we pray in the morning. So, you know, we carve out some prayer time. It's like, Lord, this day's yours. It's going to stink without you. I can't do it without you. And I just like surrender to that. We should make some Paul George show white flags for like morning devotionals. Yeah. Like you just pick it up and say, I surrender Jesus and put it. Just boom. Done. Done. Yeah. (laughs) I suck today and I already just woke up. Yeah. (laughs) Now what? Now what? All right, question number four. Um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I know you've seen the Holy Spirit move in, in the world, and uh, I just want to hear about that. I want to give the Holy Spirit a moment to get some glory. Like, just share something that stands out as far as a specific time that you saw the Holy Spirit moving in a room, in someone's life, in a mm. situation, or like it was just the Spirit of God at work and blessing, blessing people. Mm. Man, that's good. I've seen a lot. But, you know, what I mainly see is when people or a person or a marriage takes just quiet time in their life to pray, to listen, to worship, and just be in the presence of God. And then the Holy Spirit begins to move in your heart and, and just, yeah, like we we can't have an experience of God when we're so, it's so loud and busy. You know, and so that's why we do these retreats. I think that's why we do the ministry work we're doing. It's because when we can get when we can remove ourselves out of the craziness of our life, we can we can hear God and experience God through the Holy Spirit. Question number five. So brought up Our Lady of Fatima on this great feast day tomorrow. Um, my question would be: Let's say someone listening doesn't have a particularly strong relationship with Our Lady. What might be missing from their spiritual life that giving a giving that place of our heart to Our Lady that that our Lord intends, like what does that add to our life? Well, it's God's mother, the mother of Jesus. We should love what Jesus loves, and he loved his mother. His mother, you know, brought him into the world full of grace. But, you know, not everybody understands that or has a relationship with Mary, which is okay. I would say just pray the rosary, even if you don't know what you're praying or why, and just start to begin to see the Blessed Mother just work in your life, you know. So, you know, grace doesn't come because we say it. Grace comes because God gives it as a free gift. And so there's a lot of graces that come through praying the rosary. Grace is important. We can't live without it. Can't. Because it's it's God himself. That's right. All right, question number six. Uh, so we mentioned Ascension and Pentecost coming up in this Holy Spirit novena. Um, 
have you ever prayed a novena that just like really blessed you? Like the the three of them. The intention. Yeah, you I mean, you just said it. Three yeah, of them but, come to mind, and I'm not okay. like a novena like hippie. Three different ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mary Undoer of Knots novena has like miracles with it. Wow. So just Mary Undoer of Knots. Like, so if you have like any knots in your life, you know, tension. Un, unhealed stuff or unanswered prayers, Mary, undoer of knots. Um, the surrender novena. Um, that one's really the powerful. Flag if you have a hard time surrendering, the surrender novena is really awesome. Hmm. And if your life is at a place where you're just like, I can't anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> I wonder how you discovered this one. <laughs> it is the 54 day novena. So it's nine it's novenas, nine. what, nine times? Oh, nice. Right? Nine times well, nine is? What? 81. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Seven times. Yes. So perfect. Well, six times. So, yeah. Well, we're math Just a lot geniuses. of times. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's the 54-day novena. You pray it every day for 54 days. Nice. And this is like basically going hard to the paint with like I have – I have nothing left, but you, and I just have wine and crackers or candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gretchen and I prayed it one time when we were in the middle of discernment and it felt like there were just roadblocks that we were stuck mm-hmm. and we just leaned into that one. Whew. Buckle up, Jack. And you got unstuck. Whew. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up, Jack. Buckle up, Jack. Okay. So. Now the fourth one is I'm a, the Holy Spirit novena. Now that you reminded me, mm-hmm. so thanks for being a good deacon today. Hey. Actually, hey, no problem. Remind me of the liturgical flow we got going on. Flow it, you know. So without you, I'd be lost. Oh, liturgically lost without you. That's deacon bear. So wonderful. Thanks everyone for listening to the show, being a part of the show, share the show, um, podcasts wherever you listen to it on social media. Paul George. I, I, uh, the book, Holy Grit, holygrit.org is spreading. So please get it and share it with others. Thanks to Kel FT radio, um, for the ministry here and we'll be back next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.